0: Good to see you guys. How you doing? Jesus is here? Mm. One more time. Jesus is here? Yeah, he sure is, huh? Love that man. So hey, I've been really blessed um, and honored to have Art, Pastor Art, and Pastor Andrew in my life. About six months ago, I started this pastor's program where you go to like a retreat place for four days up north and... They just invest into you, some incredible people, Um, and then they they partner you up with a mentor and a group of other pastors that you're walking with each month, and then there's also a second phase of that, which is down south this next week in Malibu, where like 40, 50 pastors are getting together and just getting invested in, and, you know, this has um, been such a huge gift and in many ways an answer to prayer in my life, because, Sometimes you just get a little tired pastoring, um, and you're pouring out a lot, and so it's just so nice to receive, and Andrew has been an incredible gift. He's my mentor. Uh, I didn't get to choose him, but I think I would still choose you know? <laughs> He's got a sense of humor, so I got to mess with him a little. Uh, he's from Australia. Um, they're just a different breed out there, um, but... Andrew started church like 25 years ago, and he was the founding pastor of that church, passed it off, I don't know how many years, a few years ago, five, five, and now he just pastors pastors full-time, so he's just with pastors all the time, and so just a wealth of wisdom, of knowledge. Um, and then Art has just, when I saw Art at the pastor thing, I was like, dude, I just see Jesus on this guy. I don't know how I'm going to get this guy in my life, but I'm going to get this guy in my life. <laughs> and it worked. Um, so Art and me meet up monthly over Zoom, and he just kind of helps me to just see Jesus um, more in my life. So anyway, we are uh, honored to have both of you here, and I just want to say thank you for your investment in me and my marriage, and my kids, you know, through me, and then this church family. I just honor you guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> Is there any special way to bring you up, like, Australia? Okay, I don't know. I've never been in Australia. Let's just welcome Andrew up. <laughs>
1: wow. What a privilege. Thanks for the invitation, Jason, and Holly, too, and... Just to be able to be here uh, amongst you all. Um, since meeting Jason um, six months ago, uh, my wife and I have become big fans of Isle of Vista Worship, and uh, it's just been great just to see the the ministry this church has um, in you know, an amazing community amongst um, you know so many students, and uh, it's just a heart that I see in Jason for for reaching those who don't know Christ and seeing them discipled. It's just such a beautiful, pure heart that I see in Jason and it's just a, a, it's a gift from God and so thank you Jason for who you are and for the way that you have just created this incredible um, community with so many others who've invested alongside you and Holly as well so thank you for, for being in my life. <laughs> You're a blessing to me too. <laughs> wow, I just feel like this is sacred ground. Um, during that time of worship, I don't know, it was just such a beautiful beautiful sense of God's presence here amongst us. And I guess tonight, um, I just don't want to get in the way <laughs> with what God wants to do. And so can we, just, can we just pray and just hold this space? And, Oh, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for this space. and I thank you for every heart here tonight. Holy Spirit, we, c- we invite you to come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and minister. Come and speak to each person here tonight. Lord, I pray that you may just animate the words that flow, that you may be the one who sows truth and light into every life. Lord God, we open ourselves to you right now as we open your word and, and, and ask that, that tonight... You might do a deep work in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, I grew up in a pretty good home until when I was about thirteen years of age, and my dad uh, invited my brother and I into into his into, into the lounge room and sat us down and said. Um, um, I'm leaving today. Um, I found another woman, and my um, mum and I are, are separating. Um, and all of a sudden, my life was just just shattered. Everything came crashing down. And um, for those of you who've come from a separated home, I guess you have an inkling of, of what that feels like, and it's painful. That year I also started attending a youth group. I was invited along to this group and it was a place where all of a sudden I discovered acceptance. In this small church just up the road, all of a sudden I discovered a family. And it was amazing how God um, invited me into this beautiful place of rediscovering a family. Um, I came to know Jesus um, when I was fourteen. Uh, the year after, and and enjoyed the beauty of this 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 gorgeous community of Christians, mums and dads, you know, brothers and sisters, and it was wonderful. I accepted Christ as my Savior and Lord. I started, you know, uh, trying to grow as a Christian. And through my high school years, um, I was, you know, I was certainly a Christian, but I would say that my, my, my faith was very communal. You know, there was a sense that my faith was about belonging to the family of God, which, which, is, which is wonderful and, and, and true. Um, but maybe it wasn't, it, it didn't drop down to like a real personal level. You know, it was more like I understood that I was saved. I understood what Jesus did on the cross. I understood that I had brothers and sisters and I was part of this, this family, and it felt wonderful. But what happened was, as I got older in high school, especially in my last couple of years, um, I started hanging around with some of, the, some of the people, I guess, in high school who weren't a, a great influence on me, and I, and I guess my faith started to, to, to weaken. Um, I still appreciated being a Christian and going to church, but I i had a, I guess my, I started to question things, and I started to wonder. When I finished high school, I had a gap year, and I had a sense that God wanted me to just um, spend some time on my relationship with Him, and I didn't know what that really meant. But I had this opportunity to go to... Uh, I, we call it a farm. I think you guys call it a ranch. Um, it was—it's—it's uh, it's like in the outback. Um, It's—I live in Sydney, Australia, and it's uh, this. Uh, Bruce uh, and his wife had this um, uh, this this ranch that was 600 miles uh, inland from Sydney, so it's really in the outback. 33,000 acres, um, and it was just Bruce and his wife Catherine and two little kids, and it was a sheep and wheat farm. Um, and, and so I, I rang up Bruce, because I'd met him a few years beforehand, and I said, can I come out and just help on, on, the, on, the, on the farm? Just farm work, whatever you need, I'll just come out and just help out. I just need to get away from Sydney, um, and I need to get away from some influences, and I need to just focus on my faith, and, and Bruce was a Christian. And so I, um, I packed up my, um, my light blue, baby blue um, Volkswagen Microbus, um, I grabbed my red hardcover Bible like, like that, but it was red, NIV, that I was given when I was became a Christian. Um, and for some reason, I also packed my surfboard. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was going in the outback. But I just figured somehow I might be able to get to the coast somewhere. So anyway, so my light blue combi, surfboard, red Bible, and I headed over the blue mountains beyond Sydney and into the into the outback, and and I turned up to to Bruce's uh, property, and so he led me to this um to the Shearer's quarters. Now this Shearer's quarters was uh, probably uh, okay. I got a, the conversion meters to feet. Why, why can't you guys go metric? Seriously, um, um, probably twenty feet by twenty feet. It was like a building, like a square building, twenty feet by twenty feet. Had a fireplace. Um, had a bed. It had a, 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 a bench with a big bucket on it. That was my bathroom, uh, you know, restroom. What, what do you guys call it? Yeah, whatever. Um, and this side there was there was a uh, electric fry pan. That was the kitchen. And then out, out the back there was like a, a pit toilet. Um, you know what those guys does that translate? Yeah, yeah. Um outhouse. Whatever. Yeah. There You go there you go. Oh, I watch American TV. There you go. Um and so all, and all of a sudden this became my life, right? This is this is before there was internet and all that for mobile phones. It was just me living in this 20 by 20 building. Um and and at night, I would, uh, I would light the fire because it was, it was cold at night out there. Um, and then um, all I had was my, my red Bible. So I just thought, well, I'll start in Matthew and I'll just, I'll just start reading the New Testament. So at night, I would basically just sit there in front of the fire and I would just, I would just read God's word. And then during the day, um, Bruce would come in in the morning with like two frozen bottles uh, of, uh, of, of water uh, for for the day and some and some Vegemite sandwiches. Everyone had Vegemite sandwiches. Really, they're the best, aren't they? They are the best. They are the best. If you haven't tried Vegemite and cheese sandwiches, they're just they're just uh, you haven't lived, basically. Um... And, and he'd give me some sandwiches and then we'd go out for the day. And all day we would be out like fencing and some, like we were doing a lot of fencing and he'd start up one end, I'd start this end. And a lot of the day I was just working on my own, just just clipping wires and digging holes and working towards each other. And, and, uh, and during the day I would just be thinking about what I was reading the night before. And, uh, and I found myself starting to have this, this sort of conversation with, with Jesus. Jesus. Um, and and mid-afternoon I'd be thinking I'm actually looking forward to getting, getting home and, and and lighting that fire and, and getting the Bible out again And so I'd you know, I I'd, I'd, would get home at the end of the day And he'd give me a, a, a slab of meat That I'd throw in the fry pan That was much dinner, it was just a slab of meat um, Which was fine um, And then I'd light the fire and get the Bible out again And read some more And I'd be thinking about what I was reading And, and then the next day I'd wake up Get the two bottles of water, Vegemite sandwiches And go and do do some more farm work and just be thinking about what I was reading and just continuing this conversation. And over these these four months that I was out there, I mean it felt like four years because it was such a quiet, still and simple life. All of a sudden I discovered that I could actually do life with Jesus um, as a friend. You know, I, I had this faith um, years earlier and I, I, I understood what it meant to be a Christian as far as being in community. But it was, it was those four months that ended up becoming so formative in my understanding and my appreciation for the fact that I could actually do life with Jesus. And when I opened God's word, he would speak to me and I could have a conversation with him through the day and he would, he would, he would highlight things for me. And I came back from those four months, um, honestly, just, just transformed. Those four months of solitude and silence and simplicity and just focusing on my life with Jesus um, completely ended up changing the trajectory of my life. I came back and started getting involved in student ministry and just loved that and just found an incredible sense of um, joy from from leading students to Christ and, and then ended up going to seminary and pastor ministry and everything else. But it was incredibly formative. When Jason mentioned that you guys were in Hebrews, Hebrews 11... Um, I read through Hebrews 11, saying, okay, God, what do you want me to speak on at uh, Isla Vista? And I, I just paused at Hebrews 11.5, and I thought, I really can't get past this one verse. I said, Jason, is it okay if I just look at one verse? Um, he was like, no worries, as you know what he's, you know, you know what he's like. By faith, Hebrews 11.5, Enoch was taken from this life, so that he did not experience death, he could not be found, because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And then I thought, well, where else is Enoch mentioned? And he's not mentioned in many other places. But I found him back in the dusty pages of Genesis, Genesis five twenty-two to twenty-four, where it says this. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Not bad innings. Um, Enoch walked with God, then he was no more because God took him away. And I was struck by how twice it mentions there that Enoch Enoch walked with God. And I wonder if if that's the reason that it says in Hebrews 11 that he was commended as one who pleased God. I wonder if, if God is incredibly pleased when he sees us, his children, choosing to walk with him. And I think he is. You know, Carol, my wife and I, we celebrated 30 years of marriage last year and we have three daughters ruby's yeah 30 years pretty good i don't know i don't know how it went so fast it's just flown and we're just uh, i've I, I been not i've been not get soppy um but uh we have, we have ruby's uh, 25 olivia's 22 and lucy's 17 three daughters and um and now, why, why, why did i say that I can't remember now where was i going i was going somewhere with that. it's Vegemite sandwiches <laughs> And um, so Enoch walked with God. That's where I was going. And you know, walking walking with um, you know Carol over thirty years has been such a gift. There's something incredibly special about being able to nurture a, a relationship over decades. And walking with God is the same. And so my hope tonight is that I just want to look at three images of what it means for me to walk with God. Um, And I just hope that somehow this might um, encourage you or invite you to just explore or keep exploring just what it means for you to walk with God as you go from here. And the first image I want us to explore is that, that God invites us to walk alongside him. God invites us to walk alongside Him. Um, Let let me explain that a little bit. I think think there's at least three different ways that we can walk with someone. We can can walk in front of them. We can can walk behind them. Or we can walk alongside. And I I think it's also true in our relationship with God. I think our image of God will determine the way that we walk with Him. And so... Maybe there are the conditions in our, in our heart and soul that, that, that leads us to walking in front or behind, where in fact he's inviting us to walk beside. When I was in high school, um, my first, well hold on, in, in a, in a, for you guys it's middle school. See in Australia we have six years of elementary school and then we graduate to high school, which is then another six years, so it's year seven. Uh, so I think it's the first year of your middle school, I think, in the states, um, and it's like your, your first your first week at a new school. You want to try and impress people because it's you know you got to make your, make make yourself known. And I remember being in our uh, the first my first science class in in high school, and and the the teacher came in. We all sat at our at our at our benches with um, you know remember those Bunsen and burners on the on the on the on the, the taps and stuff, and and uh, and the teacher. For some reason, walked out of the class, and I thought, this is pretty cool, this bunsen." I was always a curious kid, you know, and I thought, how do you turn this on? I worked it out, and all of a sudden, the flame pops up, you know, um, and, and all, all the kids in the class are, are, like, looking back, and I'm thinking, this is pretty cool. I'm getting all this attention now. Um, and I thought, I better do something with this flame, and I thought, I had a pencil there. I thought, I'll, I'll see if I burn the pencil. So I started burning this pencil in my – I wasn't the smartest kid, but um, – and so I and started so, <laughs> burning my pencil and I, the smoke started coming up and, and all of a sudden we could hear the teacher coming back in again. And so I, I, like I blew the pencil out, threw my pencil case, zipped it up uh, and all of a sudden like, you could smell the smoke in the room, right? And so the, so the teacher says, you know, who's been burning something? And everything, everything, everyone went quiet. Uh, and he looks at the back and he sees this cloud of smoke just sort of above my, 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 my table. And so, uh, so he walks up the aisle and uh, comes near me, goes, who's been burning something? And I, I just stayed quiet. Um, and then he looks at my pencil case and he sees like little smoke coming out the side of the pencil case, you know. And so he, <laughs> he unzips the pencil case and this, fire, this, this smoke poured out. And sure enough, I was, you know, he, he called me something that I didn't know what it meant. Pyromaniac. <laughs> I don't know, when, when you're like 12 years, 13 years old, that, that word just it wasn't in my vocabulary. Um, and, and he said, right, follow me. And I remember having to, like, the shame of just having to stand up and just follow him um, all the way to the principal's office. Um, that walk of shame, you know. And and now when we're walking behind someone, it's usually because you know we're following them, maybe because you know they're in authority and we're and we're in submission, and maybe we're feeling we're feeling guilty or feeling ashamed and I think sometimes with God we can walk that way we can walk behind him rather than alongside him maybe we don't feel like we're good enough to walk alongside him Um, maybe we have a sense of guilt or shame that keeps us from walking alongside so we walk behind him you know if I was to ask you as you consider the way that you walk with God you know today where, where, where would you position yourself are you are you behind him are you just a little behind him where would you position yourself you know, maybe you're in front of him. Now those who walk in front are often those people who are in charge, right? If you go and do a, a tour somewhere um, and someone is a, um, like a tour guide, you know, they often hold, hold the flag up and they're leading the whole group because they're in charge, right? And so if you're a tour guide, you're, like in, you're walking in front of everyone because you're showing the way. And maybe sometimes we can do that in our relationship with God. We want to we be in control. We want God to be behind us because we don't want him to be calling all the shots. We want to call the shots with our life, but we want God with us. We want him in, in our back pocket, but, but we sort of we'd really want to be in charge. And so we can walk in front of God, or we can walk alongside. And I think that's the position that God is inviting us into. And I love this, I love this passage where Jesus says this to us in Matthew 11, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You see, the whole image, that whole invitation, a yoke, is side by side. It's this, it's this wood piece of wood that you both put on your necks so that you can pull something behind you. So the invitation that Jesus gives us is to walk alongside him, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. In the message version, it says this, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You see, Jesus is inviting us to walk alongside him. To walk together with him, not, not behind, not in front, but alongside. That's how a yoke is used. And as we are alongside him, we learn from him. We learn how he does things. We can't run ahead, we can't fall behind, we do things alongside and, and we learn from him. We learn his way of doing things. And I love how Jesus says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Because you know what I've noticed about people who walk with God? Those that I, that, that, I, that I meet, like one of the guys on our team who teaches, Trevor Hudson, who's been walking with God for how many years? 60 years, probably. He is one of the most humblest and gentlest men that I've met. See, when you meet people who've walked with God for decades, they are, there's this humility about them and there's this gentleness about them. And how do they learn that? By walking with Jesus. By being yoked together with him. By walking with him and working with him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You see, walking with Jesus just transforms us. If we want Jesus to walk behind us, we're not going to be learning from him. If we, just walk, if we just feel like we can't, we're not worthy to walk alongside him, we walk behind him again. Maybe we're missing out on learning from him as well. How are you responding to Jesus' invitation to walk alongside? Where would you place yourself in your walk with Jesus, even tonight? The second image I'd love to offer you is that God invites us to walk with him at, at his pace. I think there's a a pace at which Jesus walks. And this is a beautiful invitation for all of us. JB Phillips writes, God is never in a hurry. I love that image. Because our world always seems to be in an increasing hurry. and, And speed just seems to be worshipped. Anything that is faster, you know, a new phone comes out, it's even faster. You know, there's there's, there's just this honour of speed. Cars are just getting faster and faster. There's, we want speed. We want things done in a hurry because then we'll be able to get on to other things and life just gets busier and busier. I love this, this, um, this quote from a, a great little book, if you can find it, Three Mile an Hour God. He's, it's written by a Japanese theologian, Kosuke Kuyama. And he writes this, God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, he would have gone much faster. Love has its speed. It's an inner speed. It's a spiritual speed. It's a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. God walks slowly because he is love. So there's a pace. There is a pace to love. And it's hard to love when we're in a hurry. So when Jesus invites us to walk with him, there is a pace to the walk when we walk with him. And it's, a, it's the pace of love. We see this in Jesus. He had this incredible capacity to, to not rush. And you know, even when his friend Lazarus was sick, he just still hung around for a couple of days. There's this sense of pace about Jesus. And so I love in Galatians, you know, where Paul writes, those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us what? Let us keep in step with the Spirit. What does it look like for us in the pace of our life to keep in step with the Spirit? You know what I love about that image of being yoked with Jesus is that you can't, you can't outpace Jesus in a yoke. You know, you have to do the same pace, otherwise it actually hurts your neck, you know. Um, What does it look like for us to walk at the pace of Jesus with him? To not run ahead of him, to not fall behind, but just to walk at his pace, the pace of love. The third image I'd like to offer is the image of walking with God in conversation. Walking with God in conversation. Walking alongside, walking at the same pace, but also walking in conversation. I flew in, um, when did I fly in? Friday morning. How's this? I left Australia, uh, 2 p.m. flight on Friday, and I landed in San Francisco, 8 a.m. on Friday. How is that for a miracle? Um, Although when I go back, I leave Sunday night and I land on Tuesday. So I think I, I don't even live on Monday, so that's pretty good. So Art and I, Art picked me up from the airport and we drove, we drove down and we stayed, um, where did we stay the first night? Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. Woke up the next morning and, and, and we found that there was a, a redwoods forest called Henry Cowell Redwoods State Forest. Anyone been there? How cool is it? Man, it was the find of the century, almost as good as finding Vegemite. And so we turn up to Henry Cowell State Forest, uh, Redwood Forest, and we start this one-mile walk through the, red, through the Redwoods. And as we started this walk, we met Bob. And Bob was a volunteer ranger-like guy, right? And, and he just knew everything about this Redwoods Forest. And so we did this one-mile walk with Bob. And we got to know Bob Bob got to know us we learned so much about the redwoods that we just never would have learned we noticed things that we never would have noticed and we we had this wonderful walk alongside him in conversation and it was rich uh, and, it's, and it was memorable so there's something about being invited to walk with someone that that a conversation just allows for this opportunity to, to, to build um, you know, community and, and to get to know one another and to explore um, uh, one another. I think God invites us to not only walk alongside and to walk at the same pace. I mean, we could have out, outpaced Bob. Bob wasn't very young at all. Um, but but we slow, it was a pretty slow walk, probably the slowest one mile Art and I have ever walked. But, but we wanted to slow ourselves down to walk at the pace of Bob, right? Um, See, when we walk with someone, we, we adjust ourselves accordingly to walk alongside, to walk at his pace, and to have a rich conversation. John Eldridge writes, I assume that an intimate, conversational walk with God is available and is meant to be normal. How can we make this a normal part of our life? How can we make walking with God just a very natural and normal part of our life? Because this is the invitation that He has for us, Jesus just longs just to do life with us. And you know, as I read through Hebrews eleven, Enoch just stood out because he was one who walked with God. And I guess I just thought back to that time uh, at the little town was a town called Coolabar out on the property called Woodlands. You know, six hundred miles west of Sydney in in the outback. And those four months of just waking up each day with this with this opportunity and without any distractions so that I could just actually walk with Jesus. And I guess that in some way began to shape what what my relationship with Jesus would look like going forward and and I think as I stand here tonight that's probably the greatest image for me for my own life with God. I just I want to keep learning and keep growing in this and what it means for me every day to wake up to a day where I get where I'm invited, you know, to walk Alongside him, to walk at his pace, and also have this wonderful interactive conversation with him through the day, knowing that he actually cares about every detail of my life. And, and I can actually get to know the you know the increasing nuances of, of, of his personality as well. And I can notice things and learn how, how he does them. And hopefully through my life I can become even 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 humbler and, and gentler and more loving and kind and gracious and compassionate. I love how, just as I bring this to a close, I love how um Enoch's grandson was influenced. Because you know, as we walk with God, those around us notice. Those around us notice. I think there's no, there's no more missional life than a life that, that walks with God. Because people, people notice. You know who Enoch's grandson was? Noah. And you know what it says about Noah? Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. Whoa. Generational influence Enoch what a legend what an influence he had on his family and his grandson and what an influence he's having on me just as I was researching for this message just looking back over my life and thanking God for the invitation that that I I sensed when I was 18 years of age to, to walk with him I'm just going to invite Art just to come and to to close out. Art's going to just invite us just to explore a little more just as we close tonight, just through prayer, uh, the opportunity just to think about the ways in which we can experiment with walking with God as we go into this week. Thanks, Art.
2: Thank thank you, Andrew. Thank you. I want to invite you, just in these last few moments that we're together, um, to respond to what Andrew's just said. Um, Andrew really highlighted the space of our identity to walk alongside, not in front of or behind, but identity. uh, That we are loved and that we belong with Jesus. He also said things about speed or pace to be walking with Um, And then finally he said about the space of conversation, of how just those spaces of opening up, the the prayer spaces that begin to start talking in spaces that are quieted, begin these places where the the one we love can actually take more root when the increasing awareness of God's presence can increase in our lives. God hasn't gone anywhere. (laughs) But I think this practice might be helpful in light of what Andrew said and maybe something you might want to incorporate in your life. But right now, in this moment, there's one who loves us and is present to us and eager to be with us. And I, and I, I think we can heighten our attention that way. So my voice may be here, but I really desire that you would um, really have a, an attentive attention toward the one who loves us, Jesus, right now. And so what I'll do, and I'll invite you, we're going to invite, we're just going to talk about pace, identity, And then a space, a quieted space, to begin just to have a conversational relationship with God. This might be something you incorporate later, but I want us corporately as a group to do it now. Okay? So I'll invite you into this. You might want to get, um, I I know sometimes after a sermon I need to move a little bit, even if I'm preaching a little bit. So you might need to do this a little bit. Um, I just need to. But get in a place, um, just be able to feed on the ground, good feet on the ground. This is how I have to sit sometimes, this is good for me. Um, and just going to restful space. And what we're going to do is we're going to pay attention to our breathing, not only for that reason, but, but, but the pace, the internal pace. And so I'm going to invite you, and I encourage you to close your eyes and just, you can hear my voice, and I'll, I'll give you prompts with some spacious moments after to invite you into different places. I invite you in this moment to be aware of Jesus who is gazing at you in love now. I want to invite you, as you breathe, to take good breaths and slow that pace. Pay attention to your body and, and that heart that's beating inside I invite you to say these words after me. Directed toward Jesus. You love me. You love me. Let's let's say it together. You love me. And the second phrase I'll invite you to say is, I belong to you. Let's say that together. I belong to you. Again, with our attention directed toward the one who loves us. I'd invite you to say those two phrases with me. You love me. I belong to you. Now I invite you to whisper those to the one who loves us, whatever pace is helpful at this time. of this space, I invite you for the next few moments to pour your heart out to the one who's ready to hear you in conversational prayer. If you want to do that out loud, that's great. If you want to do it in your own inner spirit, that's fine too. And then at the end of that time, um, I'll, I'll end it with a space of amen and prayer. I invite you to pray now together with God. Lord, we gather all these prayers to you and these deep longings of our heart and we offer them to you. You will receive them, I know this. And you respond with grace beyond what we know. Um, may we increasingly know that. May rhythms and practices help us anchor to the reality of knowing you in these places. May our identity know to know you increase. May our pace slow to the pace of your love. And may we conversationally just continue with you all day. Train us for these things, Lord. We offer ourselves back to you in great joy. Amen.